Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the City of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. That's where we first connected yep. with Pastor Brenton and Pastor Sean, and um, they didn't know it at the time, but we are now family, and oh, we're, yeah. they oversee us, and we love them. They give us so much good advice, and um, we actually have a cool story that I want to share with you. When was that? Back in January? Yeah, 2020. January of 2020, um, we knew we wanted to start a new church in Los Angeles, but we weren't from Los Angeles, so we had no idea what that meant. Like, I thought Disneyland was in L.A. Like, that's how, like, we didn't even know the difference between Orange County. Right. Even Wilshire, we thought, we called it Wilshire, like the like the Lord of the Rings. Exactly, you know? so exactly. Sean, <laughs> Sean had to correct us on that. But your pastors, they wanted to help us out, and so they drove us around the city of L.A. for seven hours. Like, that's how given they are. They're like, let's just explore the city, and, and we really enjoyed it. It was such a good time, riveting conversation. <laughs> David really got a lot out of it. It was so good. <laughs> I like to call it prophetically sleeping. What you happened know? to you in I, that moment? I, it, was, it was just riveting, you know. <laughs> L.A. is just so fun, you know. I just love it, going real day of drive and everywhere else. We were <laughs> yeah, we had like an all-day trip on yeah. your defense. But right. so, but we, all seriousness, we love you, Pastor Brenton, we're so thankful yeah. for you. And Pastor Sean, wherever he's at, there he is serving. Uh, thank you guys for all you've done well, for Well, let's us. give it up to those pastors that Woo! you guys have. <laughs> all right, so we're about to jump into the word today. And I'm just going to pray real quick that God would move at this time. So would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I'm so thankful for this church and this group of people here that have gathered together God, I ask that you would take this word that Dave and I have prepared, take it and divide it into a hundred different ways where each person in here can hear what they need to hear from you today. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Everyone says together, amen. So we moved to L.A. back in August of 2020. We had decided that's where we were going to plant this church, and, um, you know, that was pre-COVID. So then when, when the worldwide pandemic hit, we had to kind of re-decide that we were still going. Like, are, are we sure we want to do this? Are we sure we want to go? And, and we felt like the Lord said, yes, still go. So, so we went, and, and how many of you know that many times when you are doing the will of God, your life just gets easier, right? That's, that's how it works? No, that's not how it works. In fact, many times when you say yes to God or when you, when you are doing what God wants you to do, your life actually gets harder. And so um, we live in a two-bedroom apartment right now. We have three kids. I think we have a picture of us. Not sure if we showed that, but we have three kids, Ryan, Rose, and Reagan. So, so it's a pretty pretty tight in our two-bedroom apartment, but it's all good. Um, but we have had some pretty crazy um, injuries take place since we've moved in. Um, I remember, like, literally 
the first weekend we moved in, we had one of our friends living with us, and uh, she's not in this room or anything, it's fine, but uh, she, she fell in the shower and hit her face on the shower floor, and I remember walking into the kitchen, and she was holding a bag of frozen vegetables on her face, and she moved this bag, and it was like the biggest bruising cheek I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I just thought it accentuated her cheekbones, you know, so it looked really nice. <laughs> yes, and I, I said, I said, if she asked me, is it bad? Should, should we go to the hospital? I was like, no, no, it's, it'll be fine, and I remember going to David that night. I said, if that thing doesn't go down the next morning. We got to take that girl to the hospital because it's not good. But shortly after that incident, we were doing a social media live for the Heart LA, um, you know, trying to be good church planners, be online because everyone's online. And all of a sudden, our two-year-old daughter, Reagan, decided to jump off her bunk bed. Um, she was supposed to be on the bottom, but she had migrated to the top and jumped off and slit her eye open. We had to rush to the emergency room and 11 stitches later, well, let me just she looked like that. Exactly. So let me just share a little bit about that story. You know, as she was on Instagram sharing the gospel online, live, she had about two minutes left. Reagan busted her eyeball. But as a good pastor as I am, I didn't stop it. You know, <laughs> I had to make sure that the gospel went forward. You know, the gates of hell shall not prevail against Amen. us. So that's what I Amen. said. I said, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm like, she's on Instagram. I'm going to stop the blood. She's going to continue crying, but you finished the Instagram, all right? So let's just make this happen. So that's what I did. You know, I made sure I stopped the blood. And when she came out, I said, let's go to the emergency room. Yeah, it was, it was that chill. It was you know, just that's what we do no big in LA. Deal. That's no what we do. <laughs> yeah, so, so that happened. Then the third thing, we were babysitting my nephew, and he was dancing in the family room, and he slipped on this blanket hit his face on a table, and we had to go back to the emergency room, and he got five stitches in his face. So so why are we telling these stories? We're, we're telling these stories because we want to let you guys know we're not bad parents, nor no, are we bad pastors, what... okay? We actually love our people <laughs> that's here. That's not why we're telling the story. We're telling the story because I want to relate with you because I'm sure there are things in your life that have happened that you did not plan. I'm sure there's things in your life that have taken place that were difficult or hard or challenging. And here's the good news, is that God promises to be with us every step of the way. In fact, he sent us a helper. He sent us the Holy Spirit. And so today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, and we're going to start by reading from Acts chapter 2. Now, before we begin uh, going into this passage, I just want to make note that today is Pentecost Sunday. Come on, give me some five right there. <laughs> My wife, that was a cue for my wife to actually, like, cheer on me. Most people... I said that's not like a cheery thing. Like, woo, Pentecost Sunday, but, yeah. but sure. <laughs> now, if you don't know Pentecost, what Pentecost is, that's 50. It means 50, you know. Originally for the Jews, it's a celebration that happened 50 days after the Passover. Now, they celebrated this day as the Feast of the Harvest, or some called it the Feast of the First Fruits. It's when they celebrated the blessing that God gave them in terms of their harvest, so they, so they gave up their first. Isn't it great to know that we have a God who's given us his best? Yeah. We have a God who, who given us his first fruit, who gave us his first and only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And because of that, we have the Holy Spirit today. Come yeah. on, somebody. Amen to that. That's good. Now, so in Acts 2, we recognize this day, Pentecost Sunday, as the day the Holy Spirit was actually given to the church. Now, in Acts 2, we find the followers of Jesus actually sitting together in the upper room. If you read in Acts 2, they're sitting in the upper room, and the author basically says three things happens. The wind, there was wind, 
there was tongues of fire, and then there was uh, speaking in different languages. Now, in L.A., I feel like people are speaking in tongues all the time because <laughs> there's like a hundred different languages out there. If I go to the park, no one's speaking in English. I mean, every single language is happening out in Los Angeles. Now, in verse 4, verse 4 tells us that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Many of the believers heard what was actually happening, and many of them believed but some said they were actually just intoxicated. You know, they were getting tipsy. You know, some, some people use that word. And if you're younger, you use tipsy. I don't use tipsy. I'm <laughs> not yeah. sure if that's even in it. Anymore. I don't even know, but whatever. All right. We but get your point. You get my point. Anyway, this is when Peter, this is, this is what I love about this, this portion of Scripture, was that Peter, if you, guys, if you guys know who Peter is, right? I mean, Peter is the one who denied Jesus. He's the one that made so many mistakes that he probably could have disqualified himself um, to be in ministry, but it's Peter who, who was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's the same Peter is actually now preaching to thousands in that, in that very place because of what the Holy Spirit has done for them. That's right. So we pick up in this scripture. So if you're following along, you can see in Acts 2, this is what it says. Verse 14, then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Is it right there? Can you hear me? Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour, everybody say pour. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Today, what we want you to get out of this message, if we had a title for our talk, would be poured out for people. Somebody say poured. Somebody else say people. So we're like interactive. It's, it's like kindergarten class. Poured out for people. See, there's something about being in partnership with the Holy Spirit, that, that he begins to fill you and you overflow in your life so you can pour out towards other people. Now in, in Acts 1, the Bible says that Jesus left. So he left, you know, he went up to heaven. In Acts 2, in the next chapter, it says that the Holy Spirit come. Can you guys imagine the emotional roller coaster that these disciples were facing? So they're spending time for about three years with Jesus trying to figure out their position they're probably thinking about i'm going to be the vice president of the disciple club and 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 then jesus actually says i'm gonna die so he actually dies and they're sad then he gets resurrected and they're actually happy again then when they see him he says to them well actually i have to leave so they're sad and confused again so they must have been thinking to themselves here we go again Jesus is going to leave a second time. But you see, the Bible, this is what the Bible says. It says that God will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. Jesus was never leaving them alone. In fact, he was sending them the helper. Now, I just want you to remember what John chapter 16 says in verse 7. He says, it is good for you, it is good for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. What was Jesus saying? He said it was better if I actually leave. So the Holy Spirit can actually come. 
Yeah, so, so the question is, well, who is the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus is saying this advocate will come, this helper. And so it's like, well, who is this helper? And, and so trying not to oversimplify it, we believe in God who is the triune character of God. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Father was, is, is the God, our heavenly Father, who sits in heaven on a throne. And then you have God the Son, who is Jesus, who walked this earth, he died and resurrected for us. And, and the Bible says that he is sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven praying for us. And then you have the Holy Spirit. You have this, this advocate, this helper, and the Holy Spirit is the one who lives among us. The Holy Spirit is the one that lives in us. The Holy Spirit is the one that we have access to. And so, so you have in Acts 2, the, the disciples and the people of, that were following Jesus were together in the upper room, and they were praying, and that's when the Holy Spirit fell on them. Now, at this time, with all the craziness happening, Peter stands up and starts preaching to the people. And he actually starts with a passage. If you read it, he starts with a passage from the prophet Joel in the Old Testament. He explained that Joel was prophesying. What Joel was prophesying at that time is actually happening right now. And in Acts 2, verse 17, it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Yeah. Now, I want, I want to pause right here for a moment and take a look at this and what this means for us in regards to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so that phrase, I will pour out my spirit. I think it's important for us to know that God is the one that pours out the spirit. It's not us who makes it happen. It's nothing that we can do to earn it. It's God who gives the spirit to us. And I, and I love how it says, it doesn't just say, I will give my spirit. The Bible tells us that God will pour out his spirit. So this word pour out, that, that means there's, there's plenty of it. There's a lot. There's a lot to go around. Um, I have an illustration over here. I'm just going to sneak over here. I don't know if you guys can see this. Let me move it up a little bit. Don't spill it. <laughs> so we have this illustration over here. And I want you to pretend like this picture is God, okay? And in this picture is what's in the picture? Water, you're so smart, so good. And the water represents the Holy Spirit, okay? Can you, can you follow? Shake your head at me if you can follow. All right, good. Now this glass, this is you. It's, you're a little dirty, but that's okay. This glass is you. This glass is me. This represents us. And the Bible tells us that God will pour out his spirit on us. Now, in my family, I don't know if you have children or had young children at one point, but my kids love to pour out the liquid. Can I get an amen? Like, 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 like we have enough milk for breakfast and just enough. Like we have just enough for everyone to get syrup. We have just enough to get our coffee, hallelujah, because we can't do it black. We ain't that good. So, so like, like there's just enough, and my son Ryan decides to pour out the milk <laughs> into his cereal. It's not right. I don't know why he did that. But, but when I think of this concept of pour out, God has enough. It's not just enough to make it through. It's not just enough to get by. There is enough spirit that God wants to pour out in your life for you to actually overflow. And so when he pours it out on you, he doesn't just pour a little bit. He doesn't just sprinkle. He pours out the spirit. It's just water. Brenton wouldn't mind. He said how much he liked us. But 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 like like you get the picture. 
that, that God wants to pour out his spirit in your life. And it's not just a little bit so you can get by. If you're feeling dry in here today, if you're feeling down today, you're feeling exhausted or wore out, I have to ask you, have you gone back to the source? Have you gone back to the water? Have you gone back to the one who can refill your cup again? Because when God pours out, he doesn't just give a little bit. He pours it all out on you. You see, this water that God gives, this spirit, the Bible tells us that it's this spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And that spirit is the same spirit that lives on the inside of you. You see, and David talked about Joel chapter 2 and how he was prophesying about the day the spirit would come. Listen, that day was when Peter was talking and saying, hey, this is the day that the spirit has fallen. And it's not going to fall like it did in the Old Testament. Yeah, the spirit was present in the Old Testament, but this is a new day, and the spirit is falling in a more generous way. And that day is still happening today, and the spirit can move in your life. And here's the cool thing. The Bible says that the spirit will fall on all people. That word all people is such a big deal. Everybody say all people. All people. See, in the Old Testament, we see the spirit falling on a certain, uh, certain amount of Jews, you know. Um, the spirit actually, uh, or God's presence was in the temple, the holiest of holies. And there was only a few specific priests that can actually go in there. But in the New Testament, after what Jesus has done for us, God is saying now I'm going to dwell in every person because yeah. he calls us the temple. The spirit of God is dwelling in each one of us. And one of the main reasons, we've, cho we've chosen Mid-Wilshire. You know, honestly, we didn't know what that place was. We never even knew it existed. We just shot in the dark, and we said, Lord, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just guide us to whatever place that was. And that's where we ended up. And come to find out, Mid-Wilshire is one of the most ethnically diverse places in Los Angeles. I wanted our church actually to look like me and my kids and my wife, even though she's white, you know. But my kids are so diverse. Our team is diverse, and I don't mind saying that because, now, people don't know this, you know. You might as well tell them. Yeah, my mom's from Vietnam, so I'm half Vietnamese. My dad's from Rhode Island. He's Portuguese, black, and whatever else races he has in him. And my wife is white, white. you know, Caucasian, <laughs> as we call her. I love that, you know. But um, my kids are even more diverse. And when I look at Mid-Wilshire, I mean, that place looks like heaven. I've heard somebody say that Mid-Wilshire is like the greatest mission field you could, or Mid-Wilshire, not just Mid-Wilshire, but then even L.A. in general. It's just the greatest mission field you can even be a part of. So we're so glad to be there and trying to start a church in this place that for us that looks like heaven. Now, it may not act like heaven, but we definitely <laughs> want it to look like heaven. Yeah, and so if you look at verse 17, I love, I love what, what God was communicating. You see, it feels like every type of person is mentioned in this passage of Scripture. It says, on men and women, I will pour out my spirit. It says, on, it says young men and old men. It says, even on my servants. So he's saying, yeah, those, those who have money and even those who don't have money. It, it talks about all these different races. And, and for me, what does that communicate? Well, for the Spirit of God, it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you haven't done. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how much money you don't got. Like, the Spirit of God is falling on all people. Now, God pours out His Spirit so we can pour out to other people. Everybody yeah. say, poured out for people. 
poured out for people. I'm going to read what Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And he says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, at the ends of Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost, he says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I said it before, but I want you to really picture this same Peter. This is Peter that is preaching to thousands. He was the same Peter that he actually denied Christ when a little girl asked him. That's, that's the kind of fear that Peter had. When a little girl asked who Jesus was or if, if he knew Jesus, he even denied who Jesus was to a little girl. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he stood up and preached with boldness and with power. And next thing you know, the Bible says that, 3,000 people were added. 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. And at the end of chapter 2, we see the Lord added to their number daily. Guys, the Spirit is in the business of adding more people to the family of God. Yeah. I believe God is thinking one more person. You may be here today thinking, man, I'm just, I'm just too old I'm, or I'm too young or I'm, I'm, I don't have much of a talent in me. But that's okay because now God can actually use you, okay? His power comes through a weakness. His power comes through the Holy Spirit so we can actually be a witness to him, so we can pour out what we've received. Yeah, yeah. So, so I just want to close with a story. Can you back this up so I can get closer to them? More personal. But I want to close with this story. You know, our title is Poured Out for People. And um, as a church planter in Los Angeles, one of the greatest gifts that, that we have been given is, is the fact that we have no building yet. And on the surface, that's really frustrating, and we need to find a place. We're launching September 12th, and so we need to find a place. That's important. God, we need to find a place. But, but what it has forced us to do is get outside the walls because there's no walls. And it has forced us to teach our team to, to meet people and, and build relationships. And um, I have been a pastor all my adult life, and um, I have worked really hard in the church. But since moving to Los Angeles, I have never had such a long list of friends that don't know Jesus yet. And, and it's forced us to make these relationships. And one time I was at lunch with this couple. And uh, I was eating with them, with my friend and her husband. And, and he asked me, why did you move to L.A.? And I said, you know, I explained to him, we're starting a church. He said, yeah, yeah, but why Los Angeles? And, you know, trying to explain that to a non-Christian person is a little interesting because they don't, they don't believe the same way as you. And so I'm explaining to him, like, well, we felt like God told us to. And, we felt, you know, we drove around and we really felt the Spirit telling us. And so we decided to move here. And um, he kind of thought about it. And he, he does real estate. And he told me, I think I can understand. Many of the clients I have, they, they believe and um, so, so they, they feel like, a certain houses for them. And I said, oh, like they believe in God? He's like, well, not really God, but you know, they, they've given up on church. They don't believe in religion, but they don't want to give up on believing. And that just stood out to me, really hit my heart because I felt like, man, people in this culture, in our world post-pandemic, I believe are ready to hear from God. 
They are ready to, to, to find something real. There's been a lot of chaos, a lot of craziness, a lot of bad things have happened, a lot of unrest is taking place, and people are searching and desperate for something real. And you see, I feel like when I pray and I talk to the Holy Spirit and, and, I, and I ask God to fill me, I believe that it's through that filling of the Holy Spirit that we can actually offer something real to people. It's not about coming to church on a Sunday morning, even though that's good and necessary, but it's so much more than that. And, and if, man, you want to start playing, that would be great. Um, but here's the thing. At times in my life, you know, when the Spirit comes, in this, in this passage of Scripture, Acts chapter 2, it says that they started speaking in tongues, right? And I don't know where you're at with that particular passage, whether you speak in tongues in a different language, a heavenly language, or you don't. I feel like that is very important and useful in my life. It helps when I don't know what to pray for. It helps when I want to get in the presence of God. But I'm in a season right now where I'm saying, Lord, fill me. I need the right words in English to say. I need the right words to communicate with people that don't know the Lord. I need the right words to, to make sure that you seem real to them and it doesn't seem fake what I'm offering. I want you to be no known to them through me. I want to be so filled with the things of God, so filled with the Holy Spirit that I literally overflow into the lives of others. You see, I gave that illustration with the cup over here. And you know, David stopped me before I could really dump it all out, right? But what if that pitcher of water was ongoing, like the spirit, right? It doesn't run out. And if, if that pitcher that I had really never ran out, the water would begin to overflow and the water would pour down the stand and the water would eventually soak up the carpet. And eventually if the water was that much water, it would flow off the stage and, and maybe get to you and, and affect your life as well. I think that in our lives, we wanna be so filled with the Spirit that the overflow is felt by the people around us. God is not just filling you up for you. God is not just filling me up for me. It's poured out for other people. So my hope for you today is that you would say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Maybe you've been filled before and maybe you've never been filled, but God, would you fill me with the things of you? I don't just want my words to be filled. I want my thoughts to be filled with the Spirit. I don't want just my words to be filled. I want my actions to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that when people see me, they see Him. Would you stand with me as we close in a song today? And everyone where you're standing, would you just close your eyes? And I'm just going to pray. And then we're going to end with this song. And if you're in here today, I'm not, we're not going to do a typical altar call, but if, if you just want the, the Spirit to fill your life, just raise two hands to Him as we sing this last song. And that just simply says, God, I'm open to you. God, I want you. I'm surrendering to you. Thank you, Jesus. If you're in here today and, and you say, man, I've, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. I'm just, I'm just here because someone invited me. I'm just testing this thing out. 
Accepting Jesus to come into your heart is the best decision you can ever make. And so right here where you're sitting, if that's you and you say, I want to just take the first step. I just want to... I just want to try this thing out. Right where you're sitting, I'm going to pray. You can pray this along with me. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Jesus, I, I don't know all the answers. I don't really even know why I'm here, but, but I submit my life to you. I admit that I have messed up and I need a Savior today. Come into my life. Make me new. In Jesus' name. And for the rest of us, as we lift our hands and we just ask the Spirit to fill us, just be open to all that God has for you. In my relationship with God, I want everything He has for me. I don't want to leave anything on the table. So God, right now, as our arms are stretched high, God, I ask that you would fill each person in this room with your Holy Spirit. God, I ask that in the same way in Acts chapter 2, that the Spirit fell. God, I ask that you would ignite our hearts, God. I ask that you would ignite our spirits, Lord, and that you would fill each of us with your Spirit. God, I thank you. I thank you for moving. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your provision. God, I thank you for your spirit. Would we overflow with the things of you today? In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen.
You probably said it uh, accidentally, Randall, but probably one of the best things I heard this morning was it's a little dirty on the inside. Um, because that's exactly how I feel sometimes. And I need to be filled yet again with God's presence and his spirit to give me the words to say at just the right time. I want to be filled. It's the day of Pentecost. It doesn't just happen on days like this. It happens throughout the year. May you be filled on a day like today. I told you the story about my dream this morning when I was abruptly awoken because God is still in the business of bringing dreams to people. Some of them make no sense, like random vacations on the border of the U.S. and Canada. I'm not trying to become Canadian today, but I don't know what that was about. But sometimes God gives dreams that are very specific, like dreams of new churches like Refuge, but also dreams of new churches like The Heart. If you are at all interested in participating with what God is doing in Mid-Wilshire and beyond, get in touch with David and Randall and members of the team. They'll be right outside hanging out. We have already committed our help as a church, but we want to invite you to participate with that. Whether that means praying. Every time LA comes to mind, now you've got some faces of people that are working the ground and they're showing God off. We're having conversations with them as they look for a building. Maybe you know someone with a building in LA, they would love it. Um, but they've reached out to building owners and be like, hey, can we rent a space? And, and Randall started off with the, hey, we're a church. Can we rent your space? And we coached her. We're like, no one's going to say yes to that. Because the world doesn't know what to do with churches sometimes. And the fact that the Heart LA is even translating a good God to the people of LA again reminds them that they sometimes just say, hey, we're a nonprofit. And people are like, oh, you're a nonprofit? Sounds cool. Like, what? What did I say differently? But once we earn people's respect and have an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus, things change. God takes dirty vessels like us and uses them over and over again. So would you pray for LA? Would you perhaps give? If you want to give through refuge, we're going to continue to bless the heart LA financially. But maybe you even want to go. Maybe LA is on your map. Maybe you're going to live there in a year or two. Remember the heart LA and what God's doing through this new church. So peace be with you. Me among you, you dirty vessels. May today you be filled with the Spirit yet again and see what God does this week. Peace be with you. We'll see you next Sunday at Refuge. Thank you for joining us this week. We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at RefugeChurchOC. We hope to see you again soon.